Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths and deliverance from evil. Satan's tactics are always to destroy your life and mine. And though Satan would want to keep you bound, Jesus wants to set you free. That as this man was totally possessed by the demons, we are to be totally possessed by the Holy Spirit of God in every area of our life. Every area. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Abundant life begins with a freed heart. And so just as the follower of Christ has been freed from the bondage of sin, so is the unbeliever within the throes of the enemy, Satan. And Pastor Xavier uses our Simple Truth study today to illustrate using the story of the healing of the demon-possessed man, that when the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Let's listen to a message now drawn from Mark chapter 5, explaining how the Holy Spirit is our only hope in loosening the chains brought on by sin. When Jesus went into the synagogue at Nazareth, the scroll of Isaiah was handed to him, and he read from it and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The demoniac at Gadara was one of these individuals Jesus had come to set free. There is not a person who has ever been excluded from Jesus Christ. Not in the days that he walked, and not in the day since then. For the Bible says that he predestinated and elected those to be saved. And for those who have a difficult time with predestination, then he added, whosoever will. Peter says, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If God's not willing that any should perish, that means all have access to repentance. How does that work out? I don't know. But God knows. And here it is, this man, as we're going to read the narrative. A man which I believe that you and I wouldn't have got 100 yards close to. Maybe not even 10 miles close to. We would have said things like, well, it isn't my ministry. Well, I don't really like to deal with things like that. (laughs) But as Jesus went out of his way and said, I must needs go through Samaria because he knew there was a woman there needing salvation who no one else would have anything to do with. So Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee once again because he knew that no one would have anything to do with this man. Grab a hold of the picture of this man. He's a picture of the worst of men. The association is demon possession. But Jesus continually gives to us pictures of people who are the worst of kind. Lest we become self-conceited, self-righteous, and have an exclusive mentality of elitism. The woman who was caught in adultery says, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And so as 
we read the gospel in the New Testament, there is not a person who can ever boast. For Paul tells the Corinthians, what do you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, why in the world are you boasting? Let me tell you, the grace of God just humbles and levels every man, woman, and child. There is no room to boast. I like that. I like that in the spirit. I don't like that in the flesh. Because I always like to consider myself a little bit better than someone else. Or I like to consider myself that I I didn't go uh, as far down as some of you. That's in our flesh. But in the creation that God has made and the creation that God continues to work, there is a, a, a constant awareness of the humility that's to stand before God because of His mercy, His grace. I've entitled the message, Clothed and Sane Because of Compassion. There is no way that you would be clothed this morning or sane if it wasn't for the compassion of Jesus Christ. If it depended on the compassion of man, you would still be naked and without clothes. And so would I. That is an exclusive work of God that needs to be done in your life as well as mine. And so the demoniac Gadara was one who was possessed by demons. Jesus had come to set him free. And he gives to us not only a picture of a man spiritually lost, but one who has been completely possessed by the power of Satan. Now this morning you either belong to the family of God or you belong to the family of Satan. There's only one of two families you can belong to. Now if you belong to the family of God, you are possessed by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. If you do not belong to Jesus Christ this morning, if you've never repented, if you've never been born again, then you belong to the family of Satan. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you are demon-possessed. There are people who don't know Jesus Christ, who are lost, who are not demon-possessed. But there are those people who do not know Jesus Christ who are demon-possessed. Demon-possession is something that we're not too familiar with, though it is on the rise. Though we don't always identify in the United States as demon-possession. We usually hand them over to the shrinks and tell them they're schizophrenic or manic-depressants or something else. Not always, but at times. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're spiritually dead. There are others who don't know Jesus Christ and they are bound by Satan through demons. They take control of their lives. This is very prevalent in the Middle East, down in South America, Mexico. In places where there is a lot of dwelling into the occult, into necromancy, into soothsaying, into tarot cards, into palm reading, into the New Age movement, tapping and channeling to demons, spirits. Now we're dwelling into that, but we think it an intellectual quest. And all they're doing is tapping into demons. General Telephone, AT&T, 
A lot of the places you work for will send you to seminars to help you be more productive. Check the material out. New age. And so we see a rise of the occult today. We see a, an interest, an enticement, a, 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 a pursuit uh, of the spirit world. And yet, this is the picture we should get from the spirit world of demons, not what Shirley MacLaine and the gurus are giving us. This is the reality. A man who has no control, a man who is totally destitute, a man who by all purposes is dead. Good to no one, not even himself. Verse 1 says then, they came to the other side of the sea of the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, speaking of Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Jesus, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. And then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged them eagerly, and he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountain, and all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. And Mark tells us there were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Now those who fed the swine fled and they told it to the city and the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had a legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine, then they begged, or they began to plead with him, speaking of Jesus, to depart from the region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him and said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marvel. The condition of the man is given to us in verse 1 through 5. Notice in verse 1, the place was the district of Gadara in the southeast shore of the Sea of Galilee. Over on the Transjordan side, there's a variety of names that you find in the Gospels and in different translations. In mine, the New King James says Gadarenes. There's also the word uh, Gerasenes and Gerasenes. 
different words, but they apply to the area of Gadara. It was the area on the Transjordan, uh, up by the Golan Heights, the place where um, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh settled, but re more specifically, the tribe of Gad. Remember when Moses was crossing the Jordan, they said, oh, Moses, we don't want to go over there. We want to settle on this side because we're, we're herds people and it's good land. And Moses says, listen, you don't understand. Don't you, haven't you learned your lesson? Uh, we, we rebelled the first time to enter in and God wiped us out for 40 years. You're trying to bring it on upon us again? He said, no, no, don't misunderstand us, Moses. Uh, we'll help you settle the land. And once it's all settled, we want to come back and settle here. Interesting. They were the first tribes to go into captivity by Assyria. Because they did not want to cross the Jordan and settle in the land that God wanted. How often people who do not want to settle and enter into God's full rest end up in captivity one way or another. Here's the area. There were Jews living in the area. It was predominantly Greek, but there were Jews scattered all throughout. We are not told whether this man was a Greek or whether he was a Jew. That is not given to us. The man was possessed with an unclean spirit, verse 2 tells us. He was demon-possessed. Now, Jesus taught that demon possession is a real thing. It isn't a joke. It isn't a fabrication. It is that situation when a person is completely controlled by a demon or an evil spirit, unclean spirit. We don't know exactly who these demons are. Some propose they are some of the fallen angels who have fallen. We don't know. But we do know they belong to Satan. They're not on God's side. God has given a natural protection even to those who do not know God regarding demons and the spirit world of Satan. But when people began to dwell into it and to tear it down, that protection is sort of dropped. And you start messing into Ouija boards, into palm reading, into tarot cards, into the New Age channeling, into seance calling for the dead. Then you open yourself up to mediums, to the demon world. Many of the New Agers today confess that they have channelers and that they write books and they get wisdom directly from spirits. What a deception thinking that they are in control when the demons are in control of them. If the New Age movement could look at the picture of this demoniac instead of the picture they are getting, they would understand the reality of the spirit world. Now, we must understand what the scriptures teach regarding demon possession when it comes to Christians. There have continually been, throughout the church age, those who continually insist from time to time that Christians can be demon possessed. And so when they began to teach this doctrine, then all of a sudden, anytime they get together, it is Satan who gets the center of attention and not Jesus Christ. And so they begin to want to cast out demons from one another. And so you have a problem with the flesh and they say you have the spirit of lust. 
We have to cast it out. You have the spirit of gluttony. You have the spirit of anger. Spirit of smoking. If you go to Galatians chapter 5 and you look up the works of the flesh, that's exactly what they are. The works of the flesh and what you need to do is reckon them dead. And so you have a group of people in the church who want to excuse and justify their flesh and make it a spiritual sacrifice when all it is is a refusal and a denial to reckon the old man and his passions dead. And they don't want to acknowledge their own sinfulness, so they have to blame it on a demon. There have been people from this ministry who have been deceived like that. I think of a couple who had continuous problems in their marriage. And they left and they went somewhere else and I heard that demons were cast out of them. God forbid. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, John says. 1 John 4, 4. Light and darkness cannot occupy the same vessel. Either this morning you have the Spirit of God in you, or you have the Spirit of Satan possessed. Or you don't have Christ and you're just lost. But you can never find in Scripture where a Christian becomes demon-possessed. Jesus taught in Matthew that if a person is demon-possessed and the demon is exercised, and I don't mean lifting weights or anything, but to cast out, then that person has to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because if not, that house is swept and garnished. And that demon will go out and try to find another place. Now, demons need a body to dwell in. Why? I don't know. And if they don't find a body, Jesus taught that that demon will go out and get seven worse demons, come back, and the latter end will be worse than the first of that individual. Mary Magdalene had seven demons. Interesting. That Jesus cast out. If that person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that demon may come back. And that demon may try to oppress you, to depress you, but he can never possess you. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> because if you say that a demon can possess you as a Christian, then you're saying that demons are more powerful than Jesus Christ. And you're saying that light and darkness can occupy the same vessel. Now there is a doctrine that is going around also. That you can be, and they use the word demonized. And they're wrapped around you. Well I don't find that in scripture. And so men make all these nice little doctrines. They put these nice little buzzwords to them. And they get young Christians who aren't grounded. And they set a whole doctrine and they begin heretical movements because they do not check the scriptures. I don't want to talk about Satan unless I speak, talk about him as I go through scripture. I don't want to give him more attention, more glory than I have to. And when I do talk about him, I do deal with him in scripture 
I always deal with him as a contrast, an inferior contrast to Jesus Christ. And so this man was not of God. He was totally possessed. Jesus had encountered already many spirits. Demon possession, chapter 1, verse 26, verse 37, chapter 3, verse 15. Common thing. The man was uncontrollable, verse 3 and 5 tells us. He couldn't be restrained, even with chains. He broke them. He had handcuffs and ankle fetters. I don't know if you've ever seen a demon-possessed person or had anything to do with one, but it's not a pretty sight. And um, they have tremendous strength. I don't go looking for them. I don't have any desire to do anything with them. But if I have to deal with them, I don't run from them. Because greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. But it's not my cup of tea. Matthew 8, 28 says that no one could pass by. Luke 8, 27 says he had no clothes. He was a streaker. He was naked and mad. And no one dare come close to him. Now, a thing that I observe here that I never noticed before or heard as I've heard teachings on him is go back to chapter 4, verse 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come. The disciples just crossed the Sea of Galilee. It was night. When they arrived at Gadara at the cemetery, it was dark. You ever remember being a teenager? And you heard about haunted houses or cemeteries? And you know that you know everybody's dead there. But isn't it eerie? <laughs> now they just failed a test on the water. Jesus says, well, let's see how good you do on land. <laughs> it's night. It's a cemetery. And this naked lunatic is there. <laughs> Verse 5 says he was dangerous to himself. He cried out, cutting himself with stones. The word cutting has the sense of gashing and hacking to scar one's body. No one does this of his own free will. You have to be mentally deranged or possessed. Satan's tactics are always to destroy your life and mine. Maybe you don't see yourself as possessed. But Satan would still like to possess parts of your life. I'm not talking about demon possession. I'm talking about being enchained and enslaved. And though Satan would want to keep you bound, Jesus wants to set you free. You are unable to loosen the chains, but you are able to say, break my chains, Lord. And so don't look at this man and say, how does he apply to me? Because so often we can add gashes and hacking scars to our own lives spiritually. Because we don't allow God to take full possession of all areas of our life. And so there is a parallel here between this man who does not know God, who is possessed by Satan, and even us who are Christians. That as this man was totally possessed by the demons, 
We are to be totally possessed by the Holy Spirit of God in every area of our life. Every area. Pastor Xavier Reese, using the example of Jesus and the demoniac of Gadara to illustrate the freedom the Holy Spirit offers those who seek the Lord. Now, there's much more of this message to come next time, but if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply Clothed and Sane Because of Compassion. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Clothed and Sane Because of Compassion. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 